No, I've got one for you. Okay, okay. Lay so who would win in a fight? The Creeper from Jeepers Creepers or... Uh, Hellraiser. Or... Pinhead. <laughs> I was going to say Freddy Krueger because they both wear hats. Oh, definitely Freddy Krueger, right? <laughs> He's invincible. <laughs> well, okay, is the Creeper well, dreaming? Uh, well, the Creeper sleeps for 23 yeah, years. Yeah, well, dang it. It's not fair at all. <laughs> Oh no! It's this poor creeper. <laughs> he's gonna be tortured for decades. Like, okay, imagine him just like taking like instead of eating people, he's just drinking lots of coffee. He's <laughs> like, I can't go back to sleep for another twenty three years of torture. Because oh, no. of course he can't die. <laughs> well, I mean, I was actually thinking about this while I was watching, and I I really like the creeper, and one of the reasons I like him is because. You know, he's he's not like other guys. <laughs> he's not like other <laughs> slashers, right? Like, he gets yeah. the crap beat out of him all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he's really good at that. All the time. He gets run over. He's always losing his wings and body parts. Uh, he gets spikes through his head. He loses his head. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's the squishiest slasher of all the slashers, except yeah, for, no, I guess, he's like, no, He's screen. not Jason. He, he, he's not just like this no, unstoppable juggernaut. No, he's not a tank. Like, he's... <laughs> keeps getting punished <laughs> no i mean like he is kind of like a mix of jason and freddy right he's funny like freddy he's kind of got freddy's style, is he funny like, like freddy what, no, he, he doesn't talk well he tries <laughs> he tries <laughs> but he has well that's why he's a mix right he's he's jason's silence but he's got freddy's kind of sense of humor okay you know yeah, yeah. he 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 tries he to be windows, uh, winks yeah. at people, uh, <laughs> sniffs them. <laughs> right. Does little finger guns. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so cool. I love the creeper. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, well, well let, let's start this off. So, yeah. What are we even talking about? What, what, what is this? Every 23rd spring for 23 days, it gets to eat. Whoa. Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Isn't Real. I'm Leif Eric and I'm here with my brother Torvald. And we've got an amazing show for you today. You opened the box. So today box. we're going to be... We came. <laughs> no. Oh, no, it's the wrong one. <laughs> wrong one. No, so today we are going to be talking about the Jeepers Creepers trilogy, one, two, and three, released in 2001, 2003, and then 2017, all of them written and directed by Victor Salva. Like the first two were like, boom, boom, one after another. And then a decade and a half of <laughs> silence. <laughs> yes. And of course, the strange thing about these three movies is that chronologically it goes Jeepers Creepers 1, Jeepers Creepers 3, and then Jeepers Creepers 2. Well, why do you think that happened? And why do you think there was such a big weight between them? Like, I don't actually know the story behind that. I haven't looked deeply into that, unfortunately. I didn't get a chance to. That's okay. Because uh, I was too busy watching the trilogy once in order and then watching it again in chronological order. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> you, you, had, you had quite a week. <laughs> that sounds like a great time. Oh, it was. I loved it. Maybe it just took him a really long time to find financing for number three. And when he did... You know, it wasn't quite the right time. It wasn't 23 years later, but it was like, you know, 16 years later. <laughs> it was kind of close. <laughs> so, so it was like he couldn't quite make the 23, you know, the one he wanted to yet. Mm. So instead he made kind of an interim one just because he's like, I've got the financing now. I might as well make it. Because, you know, these things, if you don't do them, they just go away, right? Yeah, and you don't you, get to make your movie. Right. And so he's like, all right, I'll just, I'll just make one that kind of links the two movies I already made. And then I'll tease at the end the fourth one that I'm going to make, you know, when it's really 23 years right. later. <laughs> okay. 
So you think there's another Jeepers Creepers coming in 2024, and this will be like the triumphant (laughs) return of the Creeper. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, I, you know, if I were to make a bet, I might bet that it's not going to happen. Well, just, just real quick for, for anyone who hasn't actually watched Jeepers Creepers, why 23 years? Why do we keep talking about 23 years? What's up with that? Every 23rd spring for 23 days, the creeper, the monster from Jeepers Creepers gets to eat. So in the first one, Jeepers Creepers 1, there's two siblings, Derry and Trish, drive along a lonesome road in Florida and are stalked by a strange creature who drives a weird truck. It turns out he's not just a a crazy trucker. He smells fear. He eats various body parts from people who smell that he likes. And he replaces his own body parts with the parts that he eats. He only wakes up every 23 years. Then he feeds for 23 days. Then he goes back to sleep for another 23 years. Mm. This kind of limits what the sequels can do. Yep. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Because in Jeepers Creepers 1, he's got like, two or three days left on his 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 timer that brings us to jeepers creepers three which is the next one in the (laughs) series (laughs) it takes place uh between the first and second movies right before the creature is going to go back into hibernation sergeant davis tubbs assists sheriff dan tashtego and his group of creeper hunters to hunt the creeper and that Sergeant Tubbs is important because he was in the first one. Yes, Sergeant Davis Tubbs was in the first one. He's going to be very important to my theory, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. There's a crazy lady named Galen Brandon who has the Creeper's severed hand that fell off 23 years before. And also his truck seems to be very souped up in the third one. Yeah, we'll talk about that. dude, his truck went crazy. <laughs> They fail to stop the creature. And also at the very end of the third one, we get a 23 years later flash forward where Trish from the first movie is promising to hunt down the creeper. Did they fail, um, though? <laughs> I, I have so many things to ask you about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into Jeepers Creepers 3. Probably we'll spend the most time on one, but then we'll send really? the, spend the second most time on three. Yeah, no, I uh, thought we were going to talk most about three. Because three is, is it's pretty crazy, important. dude. So then... That brings us to Jeepers Creepers 2, made in 2003, but taking place two days after the first one. Right. Uh, and just one day after the third one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> confused yet? <laughs> a really rapid fire movies that, <laughs> that were This is the last day of the Creepers 23-day hunting spree. Dude, they could make 20 more movies about the previous 20 days. <laughs> I know. Why aren't they doing that? A group of... Teens in a bus are attacked by the creature and they are aided by the psychic dreams of Minxie, one of their students, and the harpoon gun of Jack Taggart Sr., yeah, played Jack. by Ray Wise. A few of them manage to outlast the creature before it goes into hibernation. Of those three movies, which one's your favorite? Which one do you like best? Uh, I think number one. I think number one is the best, but I think I like number two best. I re- I've got a really soft spot for number two. <laughs> I love that movie. I have mixed thoughts on number two. So it was actually the first one that I saw, Hmm. but I only saw parts of it on TV. And this was before I had gotten really into horror. And so I was kind of like rolling my eyes. I was like, who even cares? Like these kids are just getting killed. I I started watching it at the point where they run out of the bus. Yeah, and at that point, it's kind (laughs) of gratuitous, the kids' deaths. (laughs) And so it's just like kids getting killed left and right. And I'm just like, what is even the point? And then Ray Wise... 
I like his character now, but I did not the first time I watched it because it's Ray you... Wise. And you look at that guy, he doesn't look like... I, he's a great actor. He doesn't look like a total badass, though. Like, no, I think no. him playing a total badass, like, grizzled old guy with a harpoon gun that he... Like, like he's, like, playing... Uh, I don't even know. Ash Williams. You yeah. know, something Dude, like but that. Like, like, old but grizzled it's Ray Ash Wise. Williams, the blacksmith farmer. He's so cool. <laughs> and I don't even... I don't think I had even oh, seen man. Twin Peaks at that point, but but in Twin Peaks, uh, Ray Wise plays, like, just a really weird, crazy dad. And that's, like, the perfect role for him. That's what right? he is in Jeepers Creepers I, I know, but, like, not a badass one. Like, a guy no. who's, like, constantly, like, going from singing and dancing with random people to just crying into oh, a heap no. on the floor. <laughs> Well, okay, what do you, which do you think is better, Twin Peaks or Deadly Premonition? Oh, I mean, that's that's not a fair question at all. But no, it's a to- that is the most fair question. <laughs> no, but I mean, clearly Deadly Premonition, but like, they're the same? <laughs> no, they're both amazing, but I mean, it, it's got to be Deadly Premonition. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Deadly Premonition. Oh, we got to do it. I mean, I, I need- love Cooper from Twin Peaks, but man, like... There is just, you can't top Francis York Morgan. <laughs> Call him York. Everyone calls him York. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's what everyone calls him. <laughs> Dude. No, I have some theories about Francis York Zach Morgan. <laughs> FK in the coffee. So here's the theory. I believe that the law enforcement and some of the citizens in Pertwilla and Poho County are involved in a small town cover-up to hide the existence of an extraterrestrial life form we know as the Creeper. Okay. I believe the Creeper is an alien, and I believe that the citizens of Pertwilla and Poho County are in some capacity working with it in order to protect themselves and make sure that it eats people who aren't them. All of the citizens? Not all of the citizens. No, that, 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 that's a big part of my theory is that some of the citizens of Pertwilla County and then some of the higher up older law enforcement officials of Poho County are involved okay. in this. And this is a cover-up. Yeah, I mean, I use the word cover-up because uh, it's it's an alien, you know? So <laughs> it's a small-town alien cover-up. I kind of thought that they, like, worshipped the Creeper. It's a demon that they have taken as their god kind of thing. So but... they, they very well might worship the creature, and I'm definitely going to get into that. I want to give credit. The inspiration for this theory came from a YouTube channel called The Fangirl, where the fangirl hypothesized that the residents of Pertwilla County were hiding the creature and making sure that it eats outsiders. I took that part from her theory because I liked it. She also theorizes that maybe the creeper is a demon and maybe they worship it. I'm going to kind of diverge around that point. I think they might worship it, but I do not think it's a demon. There is a lot of religious iconography in all three films, but I think that that is a red herring. I think that when we do, if he ever makes the fourth movie, find out what the creeper actually is, I think it is going to be an organism, and I think it may be extraterrestrial, and we'll talk about why I think that. Do you think that the creeper itself is the spider on the back of his head, and the rest of its body parts are just like dead body parts that it's puppeting? Yes, absolutely. And, and okay. we're going to get to why I think that is the case. In the first movie... The Creeper originally had a single line of dialogue. 
that got cut. Oh, <laughs> so, I don't know what he said though. <laughs> I just heard that he had one di- one line of dialogue that they cut. <laughs> yeah, and then he did. He never talked after yeah. that. So as far as we know, the creeper doesn't ever speak on no, screen. Yeah. He's mute, uh, though. He seems to be highly intelligent, and also he definitely understands how speech and communication works. <laughs> Let's talk about the siblings on the road. They're well written. They're well acted. They act like the chemistry between them is just fantastic. They really carry the whole movie. I just wanted to point that out. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, this is a really fun road movie about two siblings. Like, this is great. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Darius and Patricia Jenner are siblings driving home for spring break. They go by Dairy Dairy. and Trish. (laughs) Yeah. The director has said that he decided to make them siblings so that you didn't have to deal with any sort of cliche like dumb romance subplot. No, no, good And I think that really works. I like the way the movie plays out. So first they're attacked by a car and you think it's just a road horror-like duel. But then you find out, oh, this guy's dumping bodies. He's Mm -hmm. like a serial killer. Oh, uh uh-oh, this is getting even bigger. And then you find out he's a straight-up monster. Like, this is a monster movie. (laughs) Victor Salva managed to combine, like, three different genres of movie together into one, and and it's, like, seamless. It really works well. Yeah, three different genres of horror movie. Right. (laughs) As the siblings are driving home, before the creeper even attacks them, Derry says, you know, there's usually a reason when you like the long way home. Now, this has a double meaning because she is coming home by way of her brother, who is played by Justin Long, i.e. the long way home. (laughs) Dude. Whoa. You just blew my mind. Uh... After the creeper attacks them on the road, just sort of blows by them and gives them a quick scare, Trish is reminded of an old cautionary tale that gets told in these parts of rural Florida um, about Kenny and Darla who died in 1978, 23 years before. And her brother Derry says that that's just a cautionary tale about drinking and driving on prom night. Okay, okay. So Trish says that Darla was never found. Derry says they were both found, but they never found Darla's head. And that's an important detail because it turns out that it is correct that Darla was decapitated, meaning the police at some point did recover two bodies and one of them was missing a head. If there is a cautionary tale revolving around these two creeper victims from 23 years ago, how in the world did these two victims get singled out and, you know, immortalized in legend when the creeper's body count <laughs> is apparently just like oh my gosh (laughs) like they they, they act like this was like a freak event that happened that was so crazy people still talk about it but like there should have been so many other people dead at that time that um you know (laughs) for the three days alone that we've seen him it's quite high especially considering the fact that he's killing discriminately you know, like he he's not just killing everyone. He only kills who he wants, right? <laughs> he still kills a lot of people. <laughs> he kills seven people in the first movie. Okay. Oh my gosh, he kills 17 people in the second movie. Mm-hmm. He and went 11 people in the, in the third movie. Well, okay, as long as we're talking about his kill count, I want to ask you something, because it seems to me like the Creeper's modus operandi changes from movie to movie. In the first one... They follow the creeper back to uh, his church where he's storing his bodies, I guess. They see him dumping a body into the pipe 
And then they pull over and Derry climbs down into the pipe to check things out, right? So first of all, I just want to mention, dude, Derry actually does have really good eyes because spotting that creepy car all the way, <laughs> way off the road, hidden yeah. by the church was incredible. <laughs> like, yeah, that's consistent. I, creeper wanted good eyes. Creeper wanted his eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so Derry finds a guy tied up, alive, with his stomach sewn shut. Yes. Why did the creeper leave this guy alive? Why did he bring him home? And why did he bother sewing him shut after he got whatever piece he wanted from inside of him? Totally. Like, he doesn't That's seem to question. care so much later. It's like he was being really careful up until the 20th day when he's just like, screw it. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to kill people. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't always bring the bodies home. He does occasionally bring the bodies home, and he does sew them together in weird ways. Now, I'm going to talk about why, but I want to get into that a little bit later when okay. I get into more of the extraterrestrial aspect. But first, before we even get to that, 35 bodies, right? He has a kill count of 35 people, right? In three days. Yeah. Now, he's got an amazing, like, just macabre art display in that church. It could be that he spends the first 20 days just doing, you know, his little hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carving things and uh, and, and soul bodies, bodies together. You know, and, and then he really has to rush those last three days. So we don't know how many people he kills total, but man, no, but 35 if we and take three an days average, is a lot. We could assume <laughs> that he's killing around 11 people a day. Which, yeah. <laughs> and as we later find out, this creeper is invincible. So I think this goes to show that, like, the locals can't kill it. The best they can hope for is that it doesn't kill them. So as I've said, it's in their best interest if they try to encourage it to kill outsiders. This is not like a murderer. This is the force of nature. It's an act of God, right? Like it's like it's like a natural disaster. You know, you prepare for it and you endure it, right? Like because you can't stop the creeper, but you can, you know, predict when he will come and you can take action accordingly, just like a tornado or something, right? Exactly. I like how the first time they see the creeper, it's in a wide shot in broad daylight. Most monster movies, they always do shots that are really close up or at night, so you can't really see what the creature is. Mm. And I like the way you still can't really see what he is. He looks kind of just like a guy, but you can tell there's something weird about this guy, right? You know he's not totally Mm -hmm. normal, um, but it just like shows you him just right up front. And I I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The first time we see him is in broad daylight on this road, even though Trish and Derry say not a lot of people are on this road. But, like, he is clearly not worried if anyone sees him doing it. I think because he knows that most of the locals kind of sort of know about him and will actively kind of ignore him or not talk about him. The Creeper would need human help in order to operate. Why do you think that? He has vanity plates that say, beating you. But actually, it turns out later, it's actually, be eating you. Be eating you. (laughs) Dude. I just want to mention that uh, Derry and Trish, their license plate is SVM421. And SVM is kind of like, save me. That was the only thing I could come up with, too, was yeah, save me. 421. <laughs> yeah, 421 I, is nothing. I, I, like, I feel like there's got to be a meaning in that license plate, because like, t- he taught us at the very beginning of the movie to look at license plates, but I, I can't figure anything out, so. His license plate is clearly not an official license plate. <laughs> it's like a poorly made like art project. <laughs> like the letters are all lopsided and crooked, <laughs> right? Yeah. He could have made it himself. It's true. He could have made it himself. It's in the locals' best interest if he doesn't really get found out, right? 
they're working with him to sort of hide his presence. And I think they have given him things in order to create the car that he drives. So you think that the car isn't like his alien spaceship? No, I do think that. <laughs> it, oh, it is his. Okay. The car, I believe, well, is his alien spaceship. But I think that movie. the people have helped him to, like, I don't know that they were talked to him. I think they just left out parts and they have helped him to disguise it as a normal looking truck. The reason why I b- believe that is because when. Derry goes into the church. Trish is standing outside and oh no, the creeper truck is, is, is pulling up. Oh no. Except it drives past and it's just a normal, just a normal farmer truck. That's not a normal farmer no, truck. It's it a looks weird like truck, a man. Like a creeper truck. <laughs> so like I <laughs> think that truck. clearly someone in town has trucks, like, you know, maybe has like a little junkyard and weird has old weird store. trucks like this. Because <laughs> I don't see how else multiple people in this town, one of them a monster and the other a farmer, would have the exact same truck. Yeah. In the commentary, the director does say that it is the exact same truck. They just used the same truck and and gave it a different back with like hay bales on it. The creeper version of the truck, it did run, but like barely. And like the the tailpipe didn't work. So the gas just like the smoke went into the car. (laughs) So every time they were done with a shot, the creeper, the actor had to like burst out of the door and gasp for air. (laughs) Because he was just breathing in smoke. (laughs) No, Uh, that doesn't sound safe. (laughs) Maybe that was their inspiration for using the tailpipe as a harpoon launcher in the third one. Because it doesn't do anything else. So I also wanted to say that like I like that his license plate says beating you because when you first meet him, beating you makes it sound like, oh, this guy's a psychopath, like the hitcher or like rusty nail and joyride, you know, and then you get that yeah. twist later. It's beating you because, oh, no, he's like a literal monster. Mm-hmm. So they rush to a diner to get help after they find all these bodies. OK, I, I have a lot of questions about this diner. So like everyone in this diner is like very purposefully, obtusely ignoring these two kids who need help. (laughs) Yeah, and that's (laughs) where the theory comes from. It's really good evidence, though. And, like, especially the police who, you know, they finally kind of have to give these kids attention because it's their job. (laughs) But they're, like, really actively avoiding the topic of checking out that church. (laughs) Like, every time the kids mention it, they're just like... Ah, uh, well, uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> like they don't even, they don't even come with any reason not to. They just kind of trail off. Right. <laughs> they just don't want to. The church is actually just south of Pertwila County. It's not even in the county, but I think they gave him that church to give him like a place to stay. Right. So he's not just marauding around. Okay. So no one in the diner acts like there's anything odd going on when these terrified kids come in and they say they need the police. Now, Trish does just say, I need you to call the police. She doesn't say why. Right. She doesn't say why or she doesn't say a single person. <laughs> like, this is not how you do it. Right. She's, a, she doesn't tell anyone what's going on. So I don't know. Maybe you might say they have a reason for kind of ignoring them, except that the server who's going to be the one who calls the police, all she asks is the police, not why. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Like, she should ask why, but she doesn't care why because she knows why. (laughs) This happens all the time on their road. And these two are outsiders who they don't recognize. Every 23 23 years, years, and these guys would be very well aware of it. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it's good evidence that they have some sort of unspoken rule about just don't help outsiders. I don't necessarily think all of them know the full reason for why, but you just don't help outsiders. 
I think that's pretty believable because they don't help outsiders at that diner. <laughs> right. Here's another weird thing that happens in the diner. These kids are freaking out. Now, it's true that they don't say say why, but Trish slams Derry into a window and yells at him to, like, get a hold of himself. And no one in the yeah, diner cares. not how you calm someone at all. down. Well, yeah, no, it's not a good way to calm <laughs> someone down. But also, no one in the diner even cares. Like, they're just eating their meals, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, when the phone rings right next to them, some random diner is just like, you going to get that? You going to get that? It's like, they're not from here. Well, why would they get yeah. that? <laughs> that call nope. is not for them, except that it is for them. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're going to talk about the phone call, then we got to, you know, introduce the fact Giselle. that it was a psychic who was calling right. them, right? So do you think that she is in on it or that she knows that the other townspeople are in on it? Maybe she's a creeper worshiper. <laughs> I absolutely believe that Giselle's in on it and is a creeper worshiper. I kind of thought so too. So they get a call from a psychic named Giselle. I think that Giselle's whole purpose is just to scare people because it is in their best interest if these people are scared because then, then the creeper knows. Yes, because then he'll smell them. Yeah, he knows <laughs> if he wants to eat them or not. So it's in their best right. interest to scare everyone who comes through town. No, I agree. And it struck me that she wasn't really doing anything beneficial for them. Absolutely not. (laughs) All she does is creep them them out. She even says Uh she doesn't think she can help them. I kind of do think she feels bad about, like, sacrificing these people to the creeper. But, like, you know, she's got to do her job because it keeps her and everyone else safe. It felt to me like she was in it for a more... Maybe like religious reason right. than yeah. maybe some of the other. Like she, she struck me as some weird cultist right. trying to lead them yeah. to a sacrificial place. So the server at the restaurant, when they come in, as we talked about, she's just she doesn't say why. She's just like the police. Like that doesn't really creep her out at all. Even though these two are acting weird, what does? creep her out extremely is there's someone outside messing with your car (laughs) Um, Uh she seems like extremely disturbed by this and she yells at them to go look at it and they go and look and of course the person is already gone i think again her purpose is to scare them even more but also she says a bunch of folks saw him from the window so why was she the only person to say something and why did she only say it after the creeper left Like, it would take him time to break into their car, and their clothes are all over the parking lot, right? He was just throwing clothes all over the place. Like, this would have taken... He he didn't do this in two seconds and then run away. They were all clearly watching him do this and said nothing until he was gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. She describes it in great detail, what he was doing, meaning she was clearly watching him for a while. Yeah, she was observing (laughs) him. (laughs) She makes sure to say, he was smelling your clothes, and it looked like he was liking it, too. (laughs) Like, she was watching for reactions from him. Like, she seems scared, and everyone else seems scared. Why would they seem so scared if it's just a random guy, (laughs) right? Like, I'm pretty sure that they are like, ah, crap, the latest sacrifices have brought him here to this diner, and now he's going to kill us all. He's supposed to kill him on the road. (laughs) She's trying to get them out to their car where he was, right? Like, she's like, oh, no, he's at your car. Get out there. Better go check it out, right? (laughs) Like, she wants them away because he's like, now he's going to smell us. Now he's going to kill us. No, I think that's a good interpretation. The policemen, though, are oddly imperturbed. Like, they don't seem to be expecting to get killed by the creeper at all. Yeah, and I think generally the creeper does not kill police, but we're going to talk about why he starts doing that. But first I want to say, when they go out to check out 
who was breaking into their car. They find some fingerprints from of like dead skin on mm. his door handle. Dusty fingerprints. And then there's this really cool overhead shot where Trish is just looking at the sky and it pulls back and back further and further until you can see a sign in the foreground that says food with a giant red arrow that is pointing directly <laughs> <Yeah>. to Trish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, this I didn't notice, but I believe the director points it out on the commentary. If you look really closely on the corner of that shot, you can see a shadow move, and it's supposed to be the creeper is actually up there on the sign watching them. Whoa, dude. He got like a lot less subtle as this series went yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> This scene ends with them finding out that the Creeper's church is on fire. Now, I want to know, who burned down his church? Did he burn down his church? Did the townspeople burn down the church to protect the Creeper? But if so, how does that protect the Creeper? Did some angry, like, dissident burn down his church to try and kill him? Like, what's going on here? I think that the movie tries to lead us astray and imply that it was the Creeper, but it clearly wasn't the Creeper. He wouldn't burn down no, his church. No, why would he church. burn down his church? He's he not care. exactly low profile. <laughs> so. No, he doesn't give a crap what people think. I believe that it is the police who are calling who actually started the fire. And I think the police okay. are eliminating any evidence of the Creeper. Okay, yeah, because they have to check it out now and they have to report that there's bodies. And if there's like a fire, then at least it makes it. Exactly. <laughs> right, like they can kind of cover it up. After the fire, those bodies will be unidentifiable for the most part. The police were apparently giving bodies back to the creeper, I think, as sort of an offering, a peace offering. Because, as I said, he has Kenny and Darla, who the police had to have recovered at some point. Because we know that Darla was missing her head. And when they find her in the underground church, Darla's head is sewn back on. has her head and And he has Kenny. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) he does. I was thinking maybe he sewed her head on a different body. I don't know. That's possible, but he's still got Kenny. I mean, Kenny's wearing his class ring, which which for some reason yeah, Derek takes. I don't know why. Uh, he wanted it. He's like, dude, that's a cool ring. <laughs> Mine. I mean, but he's like traumatized <laughs> after that scene. Yeah, he goes and freaking jump scares his sister for no reason. And then <laughs> just like, not only jump scares her, but then just her. creep out scares her by just staring at, yep. at her through the window. Well, for I like thought that scene minutes. was actually really yeah. cool no. because as he stares at her, then the camera shows her her staring back at him and then it actually starts to rain in the background <laughs> like you can see the raindrops just start to hit the window behind yeah. it it's really cool and a good coincidence i'm sure that in editing they notice the rain they're like that's the take right. that's the one <laughs> i also think justin long is a really good actor but he doesn't often get to flex his acting chops because he's always playing no, kind he's, of he's so comedic good. roles um but he he mm-hmm. does a really good job playing that that traumatized moment they drive away Police are following them. Once again, I just want to point out, these police are like cool as cucumbers. They're not expecting anything at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then suddenly the creeper comes in and just rips them apart. Yes. (laughs) So why did he do that if he's working with them, if they associate with him? So I believe that the creeper at this point knows that his church is on fire, knows the police did it, and he is going to take some revenge on the police force. And I actually think that these two police are unwittingly being sacrificed to the Creeper to appease it. And the reason why I say that is because after they tell them that the church is on fire, the officer who they're talking to says, preliminary came back on that dust you took off the door handle. Dead skin, long dead. That's why it was powder. How have they done a preliminary on that dust when the cops in the car 
would have been the ones who collected the, the ones evidence. Who took the dust. And they haven't even <laughs> yeah. had time to escort Darian Trish back to the no. station. They're on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of odd. Not all the cops really know about the creeper. I think a lot of them just follow orders. I think that whoever is on the phone does know about the creeper and is deliberately trying to freak them out so the creeper will know if he wants to eat them so he can kind of smell their fear, which the creeper does. Okay. Um, and I think it's to appease the creeper because they knew they had to burn that church. They know it's going to make him mad, but if he gets to kill a few cops, maybe that will, you know, make him uh, less mad at them. He kills the policeman. They drive away from him. Well, he's so he starts making out with that policeman's head. He freaks them out, they drive away, and then they get to the cat lady's house. Is that right? Yeah, the cat lady. Cat lady didn't seem to be in on it to me. They say they need to call the Pertwilla County Police, and she says, you're in Poho County now. Although I don't know why Trish would say that. She would just say, we need to call the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I noticed that. I was like, who specifies which county of police to call? I mean, like, I guess because it was Pertwilla County thing. police officers who just got murdered in front of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's true. She wants to report their deaths. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to no note about this movie is that if, if they had wanted to do it a different way, it would have been very easy to make this movie into a psychological horror where it could definitely be these two kids who are killing everyone because no one's ever around when people die and people around them always die. Oh, so like, well, that's the theory. I mean, they could have killed those cops and they could have <laughs> killed this woman with the cats and then they go to that police station to report it and then start killing policemen. So I don't think the woman, the cat lady actually dies. I don't know if she's in on it, but she knows that there's something. She's like, that isn't my scarecrow. And then it flies into her chimney and she sees it and she's like, what did you well, bring in my exactly. house? And then pushes them away and goes to kill it. Yeah, and I, <laughs> like, I, I was like, going to mention that. What are like, you doing? I don't know if she's necessarily in on this agreement with the creeper, but she's certainly old enough that she'd have to know about it. She doesn't really seem surprised. Maybe she's just she like angry. What did in. you bring into my house? Like she knows there's some sort of monster in her house. Well, yeah, there clearly is. He flew into her And house. the creeper is not at all interested in eating her because she is not even a little bit scared of it. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. But he carries her out and he's choking her and you can see her gasping for breath. And then he just kind of throws her down. So I actually don't think she, that she dies because she was clearly still alive when he was holding her. So he doesn't break her neck Dude, or anything. I mean, okay, but how many old ladies have you thrown down in your life? <laughs> I mean, just saying, when old people fall down, they tend to get hurt. Well, I'm not saying she didn't <laughs> like, get I hurt. she was in trouble. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think that she actually lives. But directly after that is the scene where they play leapfrog with the creeper and then run it over like five times. Mm -hmm. I don't have really have anything to say about this scene, except that I just love the overkill of that scene. That they're like trying to show like, yeah. oh, this, this guy's definitely dead, <laughs> you know? Well, and it sets it apart from other slasher yeah. movies where it's like these kids are willing to like <laughs> murder him, right? Like they, they'll finish the job. They'll run him over four times, right? They're not just going to run away. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. So they make it to the police station. So my point about the police is that uh, they are either grossly incompetent or they are working with the creeper in some capacity and i prefer to give them the benefit of the doubt and say the latter one well, where, where, why are they incompetent what, what did they do that was so incompetent while they are waiting at the police station Derry looks across at a bulletin board full of missing and wanted posters well okay do you think that these missing posters are from this 23 day period or from the previous ones because <laughs> if they're all from this 23 day period then like 
this police station should be like in an uproar about all the dead and missing people, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I think the implication, if you just kind of glance at these posters, is that they're supposed to be from lots of different 23-year periods. But if you actually read these posters, if you pause and read them, let's talk about what they say. So the first one, it says, Endangered Missing. His name is Eagle Cloud Mid-Thunder. Cool name. And he's missing from Dusty Beaver, Utah. <laughs> Whoa, that's <laughs> far away from where they are. It says the date he was missing was 1999. He was last seen. Seen is spelled like a scene in a play. Running, like screaming from okay. Lady Lake, which is in Florida. Oh. <laughs> his age is listed as unknown, despite the fact that they say his birth date was 1983. Okay. And let me read you his description. Eagle has always been a boy who took candy from strangers. <laughs> it is fear that this naive approach to his life has finally turned around and bitten our young hero. So as the sun sets on the east, we bid a fond farewell to Eagle and his amazing Wunderhund. What? <laughs> you don't get it from me just reading it to you. There are so many spelling errors <laughs> on this. Okay. You know, you could you could look at this from a meta level. Maybe someone from the prop department was just having fun. That's what it sounds like to me. But like, I'm looking for an in-universe explanation for this. Of course, it's a movie. You could say that it's maybe an in-joke with the police, but what's the joke? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the joke is that we suck. We're incompetent. Yeah, we I think what we are being told poster. here as the audience, is that they're saying the police force is either completely incompetent or they just don't care. Or I think the reason is that they are not planning on looking for any of these missing people. So as it is in the movie, if you just look at that board, it looks like, hey, a bunch of missing people. These police are doing their due diligence. But they're not. They have no intention of looking for these people. They're not even writing up their... They're, they're just putting up a bunch of posters so it looks like they're doing their jobs, but they're not. They're like the Costanzas of policemen. <laughs> they just want to look busy. I want to say that Eagle, he's from Utah, but he's missing from Lady Lake, Florida, meaning he is an out-of-towner. So, you know, that's another, mm -hmm. another point for that theory. Mm -hmm. The picture of Eagle on this poster looks kind of like a guy who might be Native American. The poster next to him is a little girl, but she has the exact same name and description of Eagle <laughs> about accepting candy oh, from no. strangers. <laughs> oh, no. Another person's description says something about Stan has a tattoo of the spruce goose on his cheek and a long Mississippi River tattoo over his right navel, which is interesting. His right navel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no. that's kind of interesting because Terry's character has a rose tattoo over his navel, but I'm not sure what right navel means. I think maybe they meant that's to the right true. of his navel because these police don't care. They're not spending much time on these descriptions. <laughs> I think that the creeper does seem to hunt down people who has tattoos. We see that there are several, like in his house of pain. And then, of course, Derry has a tattoo. And this guy's missing. Oh, he specifically used that part of Derry's skin to make a throwing exactly, tattoo. Exactly, yeah. So. I mean, it fits, it fits with the creeper's character, though. I mean, he's clearly into art or whatever he's making. <laughs> so here, here, here's another missing poser. Stanley, the big Stan Van Sand, was seen having a verbal altercation with a mysterious creature with talons. Oh, no. <laughs> uh -oh. He has a reputation for having a big mouth. Report seeing Stan's head leave his body. This has never been substantiated, never been recovered. So there are actually some words missing uh -huh. that you can't quite see in the shot that I've kind of filled in with what I think makes sense. First of all, I think having a verbal altercation with a mysterious creature with talons, that's the creeper. The creeper does have talons. 
I think that it shows that maybe some locals do communicate with the creature, and sometimes it doesn't go well. Like, the creeper might kill you. Okay. Another missing poster, Amber Lee. It says her scars and marks. Uh, She has an oblong-shaped birthmark in the shape of a long okra, dot, 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 lightly seasoned to perfection. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's an in-joke from the cops because they know that she's been eaten, right, by the creeper. I think that's an in-joke from the prop department. I mean, all all (laughs) these are, but we're talking about in the universe. There are actually a lot of posters on here that are, instead of saying missing, it says bolo which means be on the lookout. And usually the police use that for like dangerous individuals. So there are a lot of dangerous individuals who are on this board too. And I think that maybe the police offer up criminals to the creeper as sacrifices because they're putting them on the same board with with missing people who have clearly been eaten by the creeper. So you're saying that that guy that they were booking as as Trish and Derry came in, that guy was the next offer. Which he was. The creeper ate him in his cell later. (laughs) Yeah, I think that could be. Whatever the case, definitely these police are not doing their job. No, and Derry (laughs) is staring at these posters horrified because he's realizing just how incompetent this police force is. He knows they're not going to protect him. Yeah, I mean, if I saw those posters... I'd probably leave (laughs) as quick as I could. Right, but unfortunately (laughs) the lights go out and the creeper attacks. So this is where Sergeant, what's his, Sergeant Porkins? Tubbs. (laughs) Sergeant Tubbs. (laughs) Right, that's where he's introduced here. It sounds like you believe that Sergeant Tubbs is in on it. Absolutely. I'm starting to think so too. (laughs) Um, The uh, psychic shows up and Sergeant Tubbs wants her to leave and all the policemen want her to leave. Why are they so desperate to get rid of her if she's working with them? I, I don't think they're that desperate to get rid of her because like they're like, hey, you get out of here. You're crazy, you know, loud enough that Trish and Derry can hear. And then they let her go up and talk to them, <laughs> you know? I get it. So it's like one of those, it's like a haunted house kind of situation yeah. <laughs> where they're putting on an act. Like, don't talk to this creepy lady. She's creepy. Better get out of here, creepy lady. <laughs> As they're ushering her toward them, yeah. So the first time they spoke to this, uh, to the psychic lady on the phone, she said, You found its house of pain. Those bodies, that's what it likes to call it. Right. Its house of pain. Yeah. So the creeper talks. Yeah. She says that it calls this place its house of pain. And she has talked to the creeper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it has told her, this place, this is my house of pain. That's what I like (laughs) to call it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's the only way to interpret that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think that, yeah, she has been in communication with the creeper. Uh, Like I said, while we don't ever see it talk in the movie, I do believe that it has, it must have some ability to communicate with the locals. The policemen at this police station didn't seem to be expecting the creeper to siege the police station. No. And the policeman who goes to inspect the prisoners didn't seem to be expecting the creeper to be eating a prisoner. Absolutely. What do you think's going on there? Well, it's because the creeper doesn't usually attack the policemen. They thought that they had appeased it by sacrificing two of their own from Pertwilla, but they didn't count on a few things. First of all, it's really pissed. Second of all, it's been run over like 20 times, so it needs to eat, and I don't think it actually cares who it eats at this point. It can't uh, regenerate until it eats more people. Also, it's blind right now. 
Giselle says that it needs to eat eyes in order to see. And throughout this movie, when you look at its eyes, they're very white and milky until, yeah. you know, later in the movie. It, it gets eyes later. So uh, just to note, the uh, the actor who is playing the creeper. Jonathan Breck. He was actually blind when he was wearing those contacts. <laughs> he oh. couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they weren't expecting it. And I do think that Ramirez, I think, is one of the younger cops who sees it in the basement. I don't think he's ever seen it before, which of course is why he's so confused and he's describing it in great detail. I think a lot of the cops haven't seen it, but many of the higher-ups know what it is. I mean, they wouldn't have seen it. It only comes every 23 years. Exactly. Like most of them were kids last time it was around. When Tubbs gets a call on his radio, all, all he knows is they've got a situation on the rear stairwell. The guy on the walkie-talkie doesn't say what kind of situation, and yet he has an army of police officers run in there with guns. Like everyone yeah, in yeah. the station, he has go there. All he says, all yeah, he knows is there's a situation that could require like three officers. <laughs> I mean, but also, if there's a situation in the police station, you would expect the police to respond quite strongly. Yeah, right. but but I mean, like he has like an army of men with guns drawn go to That's the rear true. stairwell without they, even knowing they do, what's like, going set on. Set up for a siege. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So one of the officers says on the radio to Tubbs, he says, "We've got a situation down here, Sarge. It's headed toward you up the rear stairs. You copy?" Now he says it, as though Tubbs already knows what it is, and of course Tubbs does. <laughs> Well, movie's almost over here, right? Like it sieges them, and then it bursts through the wall and takes Derry. No officer who is with Tubbs ever shoots at the creature. The only time they shoot is when they shoot upward into a stairwell for no reason. It is clear there is nothing there, and Tubbs is the one who starts shooting at nothing. That's completely true. (laughs) And also, Tubbs has a tendency of shooting at nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, he's good at shooting at nothing. (laughs) Oh, I also just want to know, I watched the movie with my wife, and at that point, when the creeper comes and starts examining the kids and then is kind of holding Derry hostage while the police kind of yell at it before it jumps out the window, uh, my wife was like, why aren't they shooting it? <laughs> like, they've got a pretty clear shot. He's not like holding Derry in front of him. He's holding Derry next yeah, to him. <laughs> exactly. And it's because they're not sure what to do. They know they have some sort of agreement with this creature, but now it's attacking them, but they don't know if they want to betray it and risk more of its wrath. So they're... Well, and they know it's immortal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why shoot it? <laughs> But no, I I think this proves that they know more than we do, right? And also they're somehow in on this. Okay, so let's talk about do they worship it? So I think, yes, I I think that probably it's more the residents of Pertwilla and just the normal residents who might kind of worship it. I think the cops are a little more rational in just doing this because it's it's it works. This is this is a system that works. But Giselle yeah. survives by kneeling and saying, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, <laughs> right? Like the yes. creature is flying at her, you yeah, know, yeah. so she's, she's showing she's that it. she worships her God and he doesn't attack her. And when Officer Tubbs shows up while it's holding Derry at the very end, he says, what in the holy name of God? <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. I think he might just be uh, surprised. <laughs> I don't know if that's his way of... <laughs> professing this creature. I think he's trying to get it back on his side. All right, maybe he's flattering it a bit. (laughs) That's the end of the movie. Uh, Like I said, I feel like it has kind of a less than stellar ending. It's an amazing movie. I think overall it's better than number two, but number two I think has the better ending. 
I really wasn't impressed by the exact ending of this movie. Yeah, like it just kind of cuts off. The first time I saw it, it was the first, like this was the only part of this movie I saw. And the only part I saw for a long time, I just happened to turn on the TV and it was in this dark room playing Jeepers Creepers. And then there was this horrible cutout prop of a guy with no eyes. And then you saw eyes through its face. And I was like... This is a horrible scene. <laughs> like this is it's not scary. It looks stupid. <laughs> and then I turned it off. But um having having seen the rest of the movie, I now understand the importance of that scene. Whereas I just I thought it was just like yeah. a weird way to it, end the movie. It doesn't make sense that it hollowed out Derry's head in order no, to, like what, to do that. It apparently chopped the back of his body off. <laughs> you know, like the whole back it chopped him in half like a along like vertically. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's then like that scene. Out. from scary movie where it's like it split her in half and he's like, <laughs> like top to bottom <laughs> <laughs> watch <Wow>. the taco <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a weird scene I, I i understand what they're going for though they wanted to show that the creeper has his eyes now and to show his eyes through his head and apparently uh, I think you told me that the actor for the Creeper was Justin Long yeah. for that scene. They, Is that they right? put Justin Long in the Creeper makeup for that final scene. That's pretty cool. Just so it could have his eyes. I just want to say, like, uh, this demon is it's a real dairy lover. <laughs> oh, yeah. He sure gets a lot of calcium. <laughs> Well, okay. So why why is he why is he a, a spaceman? Why is he an alien? The Creeper has been around a while. He whistles songs from 1932. He wears what the director said was probably an old Civil War era coat. Oh. I've heard some people say the theory that he might actually be a Wendigo, a creature who ate human flesh to become immortal. Uh, but I don't, I think that's a good theory, but it doesn't explain his <laughs> advanced technology. Well, when you say advanced technology, what are you referring to? Because he uses blunt objects and sharpened objects. And a crazy super truck. A crazy super truck. <laughs> and like homing mines that can roll after you. I kind of just want to mention, he didn't use crazy super trucks and homing mines until the third movie, which came way after the first two. But that's also the movie where they imply that they are telling you what the creeper is. But Yeah, <laughs> this is a weird movie, dude. Why does he sew his bodies together into a strange art exhibit? He has a knife that shoots on its own, like the knife that flies into a Jack Sr.'s house. That knife does shoot on its own. <laughs> like it, it shoots itself with no propellant. And all of his weapons are made out of organic matter. I think that whatever his species is, its technology is bioorganic in nature. His church, I think, while maybe the locals think of it as a church and might worship him a little, I think he's actually maybe building some sort of technology that we don't recognize, like maybe a ship to get off the planet or something, because he's building these humans in a dome shape. And I think that could be what he's doing is creating some sort of bioorganic technology similar to his weapons that serves some sort of purpose. I don't know exactly what it is. I think it would be really difficult to structure a building made of human flesh yeah. to withstand the vacuum of space. <laughs> but, um, also it's difficult possible. to make like weapons out of human uh, flesh. Yeah, no, but he, does I, he can clearly make weird things. So, Also, even on his knives, he carves the shapes of bunches of bodies that are 
yeah. in a mass of some kind. So I just think that that's just how his species does things. They create things from bodies, including their own body, right? The creeper's body is created by just meshing a bunch of other people's bodies together. He is artistic and he's obsessed with bodies, right? Like he really likes bodies and he likes eating them and he likes how they look and he likes putting them on his walls and he likes carving them in his stuff, right? <laughs> like I took it as like aesthetics rather than technology, but I can see where you're coming from. The creeper has a lot of similarities to classic aliens. He consumes people and their parts become his parts, which is a lot like The Thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. He hunts people down and keeps trophies of them, a little bit like the Predator. He has to smell people's fear to see if their body parts are compatible with his. And I think that this is important because it means this isn't demonic or magic, this is chemical. He can also clearly, I think, combine different parts from different animals. Like he's got bat wings and talons and then other than that, mostly human parts. And then, so the biggest thing though is the, his crown, the creeper's crown. It looks like a face hugger with the predator's mandibles, kind of. Yeah. And I believe that this is, as we talked about at the beginning, I believe this is the real organism. If this were okay. destroyed, he might actually die. I think it takes and consumes body parts and controls these pieces because it creates bioorganic technology i think that its body the creeper's body is more like a robot kind of thing like a mech suit that this parasite thing clamps to the back of it and controls it dude or like pickle rick with those uh, rat parts sure <laughs> yeah. put together in the house of pain the creeper has a carved table where he has carved a self-portrait oh he's just an artist on that table if you look at it it does kind of look somewhat robotic in shape, like his self-portrait of himself is kind of blocky. So I think, you know, maybe that's uh, evidence that uh, his body is really more of a robot. Right. He considers his body to be, you know, parts rather right. than himself. Whatever he is, I say alien, but what I mean by that is who knows? Like, you know, he might be from space. He might be some ancient organism from Earth. I don't think he's magical. I think everything he does has some sort of weird bioorganic technological base or chemical reason for it okay and also his truck it's like an evil herbie in this movie like it's alive <laughs> yeah no it controls itself. yeah so in the third movie it <laughs> can drive on its own that? it is a self-driving car in 2001 <laughs> it it, it drive well it, 20, 2017 well right <laughs> but the movie but was, the movie but yeah, was 2001 set. in universe <laughs> <laughs> no it drives away with him standing on it yeah, how did it's it do the that Batmobile. <laughs> Since when can his truck do that <laughs> I do think that that is his spacecraft or advanced craft of some kind that he has disguised as a normal truck. Because uh, like I said, a harpoon shoots out of the tailpipe. Like it clearly, it, it's not running on gas, right? Like it doesn't need that tailpipe. Just as long as we're talking about uh, Jeepers Creepers 3, I wanted to note that this movie starts out directly after Jeepers Creepers 1. The police are kind of like standing around mulling what to do with their broken police station. Of course, it's noticeable that, you know, people have aged about like, 20 years in between movies. But I got to say, uh, Officer Tubbs, like, they did a good job making him look just like he did in that first movie. Yeah. Like, I think they even gave him hair plugs <laughs> just to give him the same hairstyle. <laughs> like, yeah, he hasn't aged They today, did a good man. job. <laughs> Sheriff Dan Tashtego, who we'll just call Dan, rolls into town. He's from a different county. But he's got a lot of people who hate the creeper who want to hunt it down. And he starts talking right. to Tubbs. Tubbs says, we threw everything we had at it, all the fire and manpower this building had to offer. 
He's lying. No, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) They just sat there. (laughs) Not one officer even shot at it once, at least of the officers who were with Tubbs. I think we heard some shots off camera as it was like coming up the stairs. But yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Probably they still just been, shooting, just shooting at, the at the ceiling like everyone else. <laughs> but anyway, I think it's clear that both Dan and Tubbs know about the creeper. Neither seems super surprised about its existence. Tubbs kind of says a few things about this thing's crazy, probably just because he'd never really seen it in the flesh before, but he knows what it is. Do you think that Dan is like a former occultist, like he was one of them once? Because he sure seems to know a lot of the Creeper's backstory. I think Dan is full of BS, personally. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because he says that the Creeper hunts with the birds, that he follows the birds. That is clearly not true. He has never followed the birds. The birds follow him. They follow him. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I kind of think the birds might be like, bioorganic technology i think they're his drones or something like that i don't know okay Um, his useless drones yeah they don't do do anything anything. (laughs) (laughs) well another bs thing that dan starts talking about is this weird gimmick that they introduce in this movie that the creeper cares about evidence like that he wants to get rid of evidence of what he did (laughs) right like yeah uh, dan starts being like he's gonna take that truck because that truck has every piece of every kill he's ever done in it and has his whole story he's gonna get it back so we can't learn about him right like since when does he care dan is wrong about that he's clearly wrong and also another thing he's wrong about is that the creeper wasn't the one who destroyed the church it's the cops who are trying to destroy evidence. Yes. <laughs> it's Tubbs who says, yeah. get that thing to the impound. And then even while Dan is saying, we need to get the truck for evidence, Tubbs says, we're going to tear it apart piece by piece or something uh-huh. like that. <laughs> yeah, like, like, he really wants to like, destroy, destroy that it, evidence. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. it, it is clear that the one destroying evidence is Sergeant Tubbs and not the creeper. Uh-huh. Another cool scene I thought was when Dan is like, I want anyone who's looked this thing in the eye and lived to tell about it and wants to do something about it. And then Tubbs gives him a look that's kind of like a smug look as if he has looked it in the eye and doesn't want to do anything about it. And then he just walks away. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah. No, nope, that's, that's that very true. Really he... Well acted by Officer Tubbs. <laughs> that's exactly like, what he really did. good acting. <laughs> So Dan calls Tubbs the best sharpshooter in Poho County or any other county. He never hits anything. Yeah, no, he never hits anything. And and also he says, when I raised my gun to that thing, I couldn't pull the goddamn trigger because I couldn't believe what I was looking at. This thing rewrites all the rules, Danny. This thing has rewritten the, the rules that the police follow, right? They're yeah, giving evidence to him, you know? They, they give him the body so he can make his dumb church, and, and also they don't shoot at it. Oh. He couldn't pull the trigger because of their agreement. So when he says it rewrites the rules, he's implying, we work for it now. Yes. It writes our <laughs> rules. Okay, I get it. <laughs> what else could he be implying? <laughs> you know, maybe it's rewriting the laws of physics is what I took from it. Like, it's crazy. But no, I like your interpretation a lot. When Tubbs says that he's kind of afraid of going after the creeper, Dan replies, while looking directly at Tubbs, he says, a brave man is either scared or he's a goddamn liar. And I would submit that Tubbs is the latter. (laughs) Yeah. He's the latter. I mean, that's certainly what Dan was implying. (laughs) Like, he's saying either you're with it or you're with me. 
That was an interesting line. Yeah, and Dan establishes right after that 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 Tubbs has got blood on his hands. And this movie is about Tubbs getting a chance to redeem himself, but in the end, oh, he doesn't redeem. He himself. sides with the creeper and goes back <laughs> and to the all normal along status he quo. Sides with the yeah, creeper. No, he never doesn't side with the creeper. It's true. No, I think there is a brief moment toward the end where he he starts to believe in Dan and he starts to go to Dan's yeah, side, but well, then immediately flips back, <laughs> snuffed out very quickly. <laughs> The lady who is in the tow truck, uh, the policewoman, she looks at the creeper. She sees it carrying off the tow truck driver. Yep. She points her gun at it. She doesn't shoot at it. <laughs> she doesn't even like try to shoot at it. She's got shots. She could do it. Uh-huh. But she just kind of stares at it. She's in on it, right? No, absolutely she's in on it. When she points her gun at the creeper, all he does is raise her finger and wave it at her like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh. Yeah, he's it, not me. <laughs> he rewrites the rules, just like Tubbs said in the previous mm-hmm. scene, right? He owns the police. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kind of blow through Jeepers Creepers 3 pretty quick. I, I don't really want to no, no, talk no. about okay, so- Galen's daughter very much. Whoa, we got a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. Okay, so her daughter's best friend's brother. He trapped a bunny rabbit. And he created this situation between himself and this bunny rabbit. And everyone else is like, hey, resolve this weird situation you created with this bunny (laughs) rabbit. And he's like, I need to kill it. They're like, you need to let it go. And he's like, no, this is kill or be killed. (laughs) I'm like, in what way is this kill or be killed? It's a bunny. Well, he says the rabbit (laughs) will bite you if you let it go. And then he grabs his mom (laughs) and kisses her full on the lips and leaves. Okay, so (laughs) I have to point out. Whoa, when he kisses his mom, her back is to the camera. You can only see her hair, so you don't know exactly where he kisses her. But it does kind of look like out with her. <laughs> Dude, he's, he was like my favorite character. He's so weird. Oh, that Galen's daughter's best friend's brother. <laughs> what a character. <laughs> yep. So Galen Brandon is an old crazy woman who lives on a farm in Bannon County, which is about 100 miles from Pertwilla County. And her son is Kenny, and he is dead. He died 23 years before with Darla on the way to prom. Whoa, well, that was Kenny. Oh, wow. Kenny, who we see in a flashback the day before prom, he saw a man get carried away into the sky by the creeper. And then the creeper's hand randomly fell down. And then he picked yeah, up why? that hand and it freaked him out for the next few hours of his life. And he took it out in the middle of the night and shot it and buried it. And the next day went to prom with Darla and got killed by the creeper. Yep, he just went to prom. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't going to miss prom. That's like a once in a lifetime thing. Anyway, her other daughter is named Addison. Yeah, Addison, and then Addison's best friend is Buddy Hooks, who is Freckleface, and um, but not the best friend. I think whose that's brother about... we were just talking about. Oh yeah, sorry, that's her male best friend. Her, I don't it's know. It's like her, her boyfriend, friend. kind of. Addison and Buddy, they go and they visit Mr. Bernardi. So they get to his house. Everyone there, Mr. Bernardi, and everyone else is hiding under cars right. and trucks. Mr. Bernardi doesn't seem to necessarily know who the other people there are. I think he calls them those people. And Mr. Bernardi is like, be quiet. I've got some guns in the shed. Go get them. And he's like, what? What's going on? And he's like, just just, just kill it. It's, it's taking people away. And then Buddy goes back to the car and Addison's like, hey, those people behind us are hiding under that truck. <laughs> and then the creeper comes and picks up the truck and picks up one of the guys and looks at him and it looks like they might be talking to each other. And then the creeper lets that guy go. 
And I thought that was really interesting. This is the only time in the entire series where the creeper picks someone up and then lets him go. Right. Like he just, he puts him down and the guy runs away. (laughs) Like, I would submit to you that no one from Pertwilla or Poho County dies except police officers. I think you're right. And I think Mr. Bernardi and everyone here knew about the creeper, which is why they immediately got under trucks and stuff. Well, and also all these people are from Bannon County too. They're not from Pertwilla or Poho. So someone does run up to the truck and like slams into right, it that guy and dies. gets it all bloody. He died. I don't know how far this cult of the creeper goes, but I do know that he does seem to hunt a lot in this county because he killed Kenny in that county like 23 years before. So, Galen, she digs up the hand and she grabs it and she learns everything about the creeper, I guess. And she's explaining this to Dan and, uh, and Sheriff uh, Tubbs. She says, if you touch it, you'll see how it came to be and what it is. And at that point, while she's doing this, the sheriff is picking up the jar that it's in, like kind of trying to let it out. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is after Tubbs has already like started messing with the jar it's in and has already been told to be careful. He then continues messing with the jar trying to let it out. Like he is trying to destroy Uh this hand. (laughs) And then later, when the whole group's ready to touch the hand, he takes the hand, grabs a shovel, and starts whacking it. <laughs> yeah, no, he pretends like, okay, okay, I'm cool, I'm cool, and they back off. And then he grabs a shovel and it's like, I'm going to destroy this. the least effective method to destroy this thing. I'll no, like it with a shovel Tubbs, a few times. <laughs> throughout this movie, time and time again, is just trying to destroy, to destroy evidence, evidence. Which I think gives <laughs> a wants. lot of credence to my theory that the cops burned down the church. Yeah, the, they burned the, the down church. that church, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Galen's daughter's best friend's brother and his gang of bikers <laughs> find the truck. Oh, whoa, what a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> they find the truck. They know the license plate and the story. So, like, this is another confirmation that everyone here knows about the Creeper, whether they're in the cult or not. They even know that he sings Jeepers Creepers. They also, talking about the car, say they, they say this thing is made up of so many different parts, it's like a freaking Frankenstein truck, confirming that uh-huh. this, this is a spaceship cobbled together from parts to look like a truck, I yeah, think. Or at least a truck cobbled <laughs> together from parts <laughs> to look like a truck. I just want to say that this truck does have superpowers, and one of its superpowers is that any projectile aimed at this truck will bounce back at the uh, the source of the projectile, right. whether it's a rock or a bullet or anything, <laughs> literally anything aimed at this truck will go back to its source. <laughs> That's its superpower. That, that is a very interesting <laughs> power and also seems like advanced technology, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it seems like the truck has some kind of force field or something repelling things. But when they establish the, that it will shoot projectiles back at you, they establish it in such a dumb way because it's from a kid throwing a rock at it and it bounces back at him and you're like, the rock just bounced back at you, dude. But he's like, that truck tried to kill me. <laughs> you're yeah. like, no, it didn't. <laughs> no, you threw you a rock and it bounced back at, at you. <laughs> but then later it turns out that actually is what it does. He was correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, they they really establish it later when yeah. they're like, okay, shoot out its tires and its tires right. bounce Well, that's the other thing that like, this you. is like, this <laughs> thing like, has oh, a force okay. field around that's it. That's a superpower. Right, because like yeah, tires no, cannot field. be made of metal. Those tires aren't metal. This thing no, there's no has shields way. up, Captain. <laughs> so Dan and Tubbs get in the truck. They're going to hunt down the creeper after Dan has Not held the hands. the creeper's truck. They get in their, yeah, own, their truck. own truck. After Dan has held hands with the creeper's severed hand, yeah, which, by the way, 
didn't make any difference in the movie. No, absolutely There's no not. reason to have that hand in the movie. It didn't change the plot. We don't learn anything from it. Dan says it's ancient. And I know that I didn't look into this too much, but there are comics about the creeper. And I think it gets connected to the like Aztec pyramids. And what Whoa. else gets connected to with pyramids a lot? Aliens. Dude, <laughs> aliens. Tell me, why does the truck drop sentinels from Phantasm now? It, does it work with the tall man? Like, what's going on here? Is this a shared universe? I don't know, maybe. But, like, I think it's just because we are seeing more of the advanced weaponry that he has in his spaceship. It's just such a huge departure from anything Jeepers Creepers has included ever before. Yeah. I think we're at the, at the climax, right? Where, uh, where Dan and Tubbs are going after him. Yeah, for a brief moment, I think Tubbs almost has a change of heart. I think he does start yeah. to feel hope that he can kill it. And he's kind of on Dan's side for like just an instant. But then they crash their yeah. truck and this quote unquote sharpshooter misses every shot. He hits the creeper's every axe, shot. then he hits his hat. If you're a sharpshooter, I feel like you should be able to hit his head and not his hat. I mean, like he is, yeah. he is the best sharpshooter in any county i have to assume that refers to any county in the world <laughs> according to dan yeah all of them <laughs> so, every county and this wasn't tubbs bragging this is dan saying that so he must be good and if he's that good he's missing on purpose and then so the creeper purposefully hits his gun with a shuriken it could have killed him yeah. it's showing him that yeah, he's could. the better sharpshooter right he's like i can split your gun and he's scaring tubbs back into his place well, and it knows that Tubbs is the chief of police yeah. for the county that works for it. So it's like, dude, cut it out, right? Like, And, and when Dan goes off to go get the minigun from, from the crash truck, he says, cover me. Tubbs does not even yep. attempt. He does not cover There's him. There's a really long he has sequence. so much time While the creeper, the creeper is flying so slowly at Dan. And, and a pretty cool shot. And I during that time, <laughs> time slows down for everyone but Dan, I guess, because he's moving normally. And I assume Tubbs would be moving normally, too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, what was happening there. I guess it was just like right. uh, the movie being artistic. <laughs> so Tubbs does absolutely nothing here. And when Dan dies, he just watches. Tubbs just turns around he, and... He just smiles. He, he gets up. He kind of shrugs and smiles and then walks away. I don't know <laughs> like, if it was exactly a smile or a grimace, but yeah, he, dude, I think the smile. important thing is that he walks away. He does not run away. I know. He wasn't like running for his life. It was more just like, well, time to go. Yeah, no, he's like, all right. <laughs> like he knows the creeper looked him in the eye, split his gun, didn't kill him. The status quo is back to normal. Life goes back to normal. He had a moment to redeem himself. He didn't take it. And this is the end of Tubbs's tragic tale. <laughs> Yes, and that, to me, was the end of the movie because nothing else in the movie mattered. Well, except at the very end, Addison and her freckly-faced boyfriend are saying goodbye. His name is Buddy Hooks, and he gets in the bus that's about to right. be attacked by the creeper. And my question is, is he the nerd who sat at the front of the bus no. and got his head so ripped off? No, so you have to listen to the, uh, the, what he actually says in that scene. So this is when they're going up for a game that night. Uh, yeah, to a different coming county. back later. And later they're coming back and he says to his girlfriend, Addison, he says, I have family up there, so I think I'm going to spend the night. So he doesn't come back with them. Oh, how stupid. Then there's there's no reason to have him get in that No, bus. it was just as like a slight bridge in to show you, hey, by the way, Jeepers Creepers 2 comes after this one because it's confusing. That's dumb. <laughs> well, one one other thing that happens in this movie is the Creeper finds its hand and breaks it. Like, you know, the old hand from 23 years ago. 
and seems to realize that apparently they know everything about it. Because they left a sign there that said, we know what you are. (laughs) No, no, yeah, but like, why does it care? Well, so I have (laughs) like, what's going on? Right, well, I have a theory about this. I think that really all they learned from holding hands with it is the thing we already know, which is the creeper is the head crab, right? And if you kill the head crab, it's not immortal. I think that's what he knows they've learned. One other thing, this is a meta comment about this movie. Why did they decide to make the truck an indestructible sentient entity in this movie when they had every opportunity to destroy it and give us a reason that it didn't show up in the second movie? Because <laughs> <laughs> that I always wondered in the second movie, where is his truck? He doesn't use it's his true. truck in this he movie. He's just flying around. What happened to his truck? I thought for certain, since they've got this big minigun, they were going to destroy the Creeper's truck in the third movie. And it's like, aha, that's why his truck's gone in the second movie. They explain something. Instead, they make his truck more <laughs> indestructible than ever. And there's no reason for him not to have it. And there's no reason for the third movie to exist because it doesn't give us anything that we didn't already have right like yeah the third movie ends with trish out of nowhere giving a monologue to the camera about how she's gonna hunt down the creeper so she has a bunch of newspapers trish uh they're dated from like 23 year periods they all just talk about people going missing what's weird is that the one i that I think is from 1978, says, horror or hoax, what is really hanging in the Taggart's barn? Which shouldn't be from 1978. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the wrong year for that. Unless the Taggart family is like a family <laughs> of creeper hunters and they've done this before. Yeah. Which that could be. Like, So actually, I have a theory about Jack that I'd like to get into when we start the second one. And that really fits in with my theory. I'm glad you uh, pointed that out. Well, we can get into the second (laughs) one. The only weird thing about uh, just the last few notes on Trish, all those newspapers she has, they have websites in their banners, even the ones from 1978 or 1950s. So like pohocountychronicle.com at the top of this 1950s newspaper. (laughs) But it could be that she printed them out from the internet and the online archive might put like a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's probably it. That makes sense. And then, so the very last note about her is that when she's giving her monologue, she ends it with saying to the creeper, she says, come and get me. Even though it's already established, it doesn't want her. And it doesn't come and get people it doesn't want. Like, if you want to kill the creature, you have to go hunt it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, no, it has no interest in her. (laughs) She already tried the come Uh, and get me tactic at the end of the first movie and it didn't work. (laughs) She sure did. She's trying it again, though. It's her one tactic and by gum, she's going to use it. Yeah, so there you go. Jeepers Creepers 3, everyone. Jeepers Creepers 2. So the movie starts out with a kid working with his dad and his older brother in the field inspecting the uh, scarecrows. Yeah, the like <laughs> One four the scarecrows, scarecrows they clearly have in a row. A demon. Like, why do you need that many scarecrows <laughs> yeah, all right together? Next to each other. And they don't work because there's crows everywhere. <laughs> but one of them is clearly the creeper, right? Like, whether or not you believe in, like, demons and aliens and stuff, one of them's clearly, like, alive. And this kid should be a lot more scared of it than he is. Like, he sees it move and he's like, huh? Yeah, I guess I better go check that out. So the kid gets attacked by the creeper and dragged away. And then Jack Sr. and Jack Jr. (laughs) go after him. And I want to say that this family, the Taggart family, they seem less surprised than anyone else in this movie about the existence of the creeper. They seem more than ready to just make weapons and try to fight it. Yep. They're more angry than surprised is is the point I want to make. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I think that the family maybe was creeper hunters, but they weren't. Like maybe they made a deal with the creeper, like you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone and join the cult. Yeah. And then the creeper wanted their kid as like to seal the deal, right? right? Like he's like, okay, if you give me this sacrifice. So I kind of took it like the dad was a creeper worshiper. I mean, that's he's like you said, he is so calm about all of this. He is enraged but methodical. (laughs) (laughs) Like the creeper takes his son, he gets its flying projectile knife and sets to work in his blacksmith shop. He's (laughs) Um, just creating a gun. Like he's he's ready for an excuse. So like I took it like like he knew that it wanted his son, but he had told it no, and it came and got his son anyway. He is a man who like lost his faith because God took his son and now he's hunting down God. So he's it's like backwards Abraham, <laughs> right? No, it's Abraham's backwards Abraham. Revenge. Like he didn't, he said no. <laughs> he's like, you can't have my son. God's like, oh yes, I can. He's like, I'm going to get you God. So if he had, <laughs> like, if he had just given the creeper a son, would the creeper not have taken him? <laughs> just like Abraham? Not, no, it would have taken him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Creepers mean. They want to eat. <laughs> okay. While this may seem like an outlandish theory, as with all the theories in this episode, there's precedent for it because Jeepers Creepers 3 establishes that creeper hunter is a common profession in this area. Yeah, yeah, no. They even is. have their own logo. It's true. <laughs> well, and also it establishes why Jack's family wasn't in on it already. Yeah. Like they clearly know about the creeper, but they had converted. Right. right? They They're weren't like, going to okay, be creeper, creeper hunters anymore. Our family's done. But then the creeper screws up big time. <laughs> that creeper should have never taken the Jack's son. <laughs> so, um, Movie starts out, school bus full of kids, being rowdy. Bus is driving down the road, gets hit by a weapon. The bus driver gets out, pulls the weapon out of the tire, shows it to everyone, and is like, hmm, someone's throwing weapons at my bus. Let's all tan on the roof. (laughs) Well, Don't let the kids suntan on the roof. Get everyone in that bus immediately. There's a weapon in the tire. (laughs) Right, but the weapon, it it looks weird, right? Like, it looks like kind of who cares how it looks it's clearly a weapon and it was lodged in the tire <laughs> so i mean someone's attacking your bus judging by you know this road's history maybe they should have jumped to that conclusion <laughs> they should have and that thing has a tooth in it but as far as i don't think they told the kids to tan on the bus i think the kids just did that because it takes a while to change the tire on a bus i'm thinking that perhaps the coach and the bus driver they were in the cult they put the kids on the roof as an offering. Like, I think they're like, okay, okay, come get them. <laughs> like, here they are. Just leave us alone kind of thing. Right? Like, that's yeah, how I took it. That could be. Like, all right, kids, why don't you get up there on the roof? It, but <laughs> I would say that, like, I love the idea that there is, like, several counties of people who kind of worship this creature and yet don't understand it. <laughs> like, they're like, I yeah, don't know. No, don't. Let's try offering up some students to it. <laughs> you know, yeah, when, no, that's exactly. clearly not how it functions. <laughs> you know, it just kills whoever it wants. Okay. But they think they can control so, it. So this driver has clearly been through some stuff. She's the one who pays the most attention to the yeah. weapons the creeper is throwing at them. I really wish that the driver had stuck around longer because I thought she was I know. a cool character. Me too, because she's pretty was just, cool. like, lame. And it was so stupid. They get hit again. They say, okay, now we are definitively being attacked. Everyone stay in the bus. Uh, I think at this point she's like, okay, 
I can't offer up these sacrifices. We're just going to have to try and survive, right? And then she pulls out her lockbox. And the coach is like, what's that? What are you going to do with those flares? And she's like, are you making fun of my lockbox? Because everything in this box has saved my ass at least yeah. once. I mean, this driver is a total badass. <laughs> what the heck is she talking about? <laughs> like, what has she been through? <laughs> I mean, probably 23 years ago, she took some other group of kids back from the game. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I think that she knows very well what the creeper is. I think she may have seen it before. The coach, he's putting out flares and the creeper comes and grabs him and flies away. And at this point, everyone gets freaked out. Everyone except for the driver who calmly continues putting out flares, <laughs> even though she knows that the, the coach got <laughs> taken. So I think she thinks Phew, it's over. He got who he wanted. <laughs> right? right. Like, I think she thinks it's done. And then he comes and gets right. her. And it, well, it, I think that she has every reason to act like that if she knows the yeah. creeper because she knows it hunts people who are afraid. And it actually doesn't make sense the creeper takes uh -huh. her. Like, it didn't take the cat lady, no, right? No, it makes no sense. Like, you know, people who have courage, it, it usually doesn't take. Like I said, she was the one who paid the most attention to the weapons, the shurikens they kept finding in the tires. So I think she was maybe afraid just not showing it. I don't know. All right, so in the bus, we've got a, a, a cool cast of characters. Um, we got the jock Scotty, uh, who's just a mean guy, uh, also racist and just horrible in every way. After the assistant coach gets pulled out through the window, I think is what happens, mm -hmm. Scotty realizes that his face is covered in blood. So he takes his hand up, touches his face, <laughs> and, then and then just rubs, rubs it, it all over like his hair. And like, What's he doing? <laughs> He's not trying to get it off. He's like exfoliating with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I took this to be like maybe the director like gave him the direction of wipe the blood off your face and he misheard it and was like wipe the blood on your face. <laughs> like, it puts the lotion on. <laughs> you know, something like that. So in the first movie, one interesting thing Police radios are going off throughout all the movies pretty much all the time. Whenever police are around, you can hear radio chatter. In the first movie, when Derry and his sister Trish told the police about the creeper and they examined his fingerprints, at that point in the movie, their radio is going off like every three seconds. And someone keeps saying, yeah, this is dispatch. Please come in. Yeah, please report back. Please come in. <laughs> Please respond. <laughs> like every three seconds over and over and over. It's the only thing you can hear in that scene. No one responds. <laughs> but the dispatcher is not getting like antsy or anything. They're just calmly repeating themselves. <laughs> now that kind of happens again in this movie when uh, Jack Sr. is listening to the police radio. On the police radio, on the police scanner, there's just call after call after call coming in about, yeah, there's been a strange reporting yeah. down here in Poho County. And, oh, yeah, there's another, another kidnapping or another missing person, right? Over and over and mm -hmm. over. And then the dispatcher chimes in this and says, Poho County related. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she says that and says, this channel is strictly 1036 information. I looked that up and in the 10 code, which is the code that they use when they're like 1036, I need a 1040 on whatever, right? Like when police talk in that code, 1036 means correct time. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's what police would say if they're like, I've apprehended a suspect at uh, 
1800 hours 1036 like i think it means like confirm that time for me okay <laughs> i'm Maybe. not sure but that seems like a really confusing way to confirm a time by giving more numbers that sound like a time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I took it to be like maybe this is a less important ten ten code designation that they have taken and right. co-opted to mean something. The else. Jeepers Creepers monster, right? <laughs> like this is the channel for creeper information, and she's just reminding everyone this channel is strictly ten thirty six information, <laughs> right? Well, and I think <laughs> anyway. the fact that Jack is is tuning into it and that she says this is Poho County related, you all know what I'm talking about is clear yes. that some sort of code <laughs> no, is being used with the police and they don't want to actually say oh, what's definitely. going on. Well, and also interesting that Jack, when his son is kidnapped, he doesn't call the police. And also, when those kids on the bus get in contact with him and say, come save us and please call the police, he doesn't call the police. <laughs> no, he has no intention of calling the police. And I was going to point that out. It's because he was a cultist. He joined the cult. And he knows that the police are in charge of the cult and he's breaking off the cult to kill their gods. So he's not going <laughs> right, to tell exactly. them about it, right? Yeah. Right? I think that's that, yeah. that's pretty good. Okay. Creeper comes back. So he starts scaring the kids, rubbing his face all over the window, <laughs> pointing at them, uh, licking guns. his lips. <laughs> this scene established the Creeper as like maybe my favorite slasher because <laughs> he's so good, dude. He's great. <laughs> he's such a character. <laughs> Um, it's a really good scene where he sifts through them and tries to find the ones that he likes while, uh, you know, euphorically smelling them uh, through the window. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, the creeper has a third nostril in the middle of his nose, and that's what he uses to smell people. I think that there is a channel that goes straight through his head and connects back to his head crab. To the spider, yeah, I agree. So he starts attacking the bus. I just have to shout out that girl... Like, gotta give her huge respect for how frigging strong she was. Just grabbing that spike, ramming it up through the roof of the bus and all the way through the creeper's head. Not just through his head, but like so far through his head, he can't even pull it out. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Dude, she's a total badass. And yet she manages to be a badass while being terrified the entire movie like everything she does is badass but everything she said is just like oh what are we gonna do guys as she's like stabbing it with a spear (laughs) yep she's kicking the creeper's ass but i also have to say man like this sucks all that work just to get Derry's eyes in the first I movie. Know, and I she know. rams a spike through its eye. She ruins the whole head. Whole he head. gets rid of I, I thought that was the worst part. I mean, it's cool that it he, he, he replaces his head so we get to see like the spider in action as it creates a new head. That's cool. Yeah. But it sucks but that Derry completely undoes all yeah, of his progress in the first eyes. movie. So when yeah, the psychic apparition of Kenny appears in the third one, he establishes that if it eats you, you're always part of it. So even if he lost yeah. uh, Derry's eyes, Derry is still part of it. <laughs> like Minxie starts getting psychic premonitions because this creeper is around. Yeah, let's talk about Minxie. And also anyone so who gets killed by the Minxie. creeper can appear as like a psychic apparition, like Jack Taggart's son right. Billy or Derry or Kenny. Also, if you haven't noticed, this this movie series really likes to use nicknames for people. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> yeah, so Minxie, she's she falls asleep on the bus and she 
get has a vision, a really cool vision. Like, I love that scene. I think it's like chilling and cool where like she on the side of the road sees a little bloody kid who is uh, Jack Sr.'s yeah, kid Billy. screaming at her. And then it becomes Derry and he's also screaming at her and he's frantically pointing into the field and saying it's right there. But she can't hear him. And then she looks in the field and sees the creeper just booking it, running through the field. And he throws a shuriken at them. And then in real life, the shuriken hits the wheel. It's a really good scene. It's like, ooh, I love that scene. Very good. But I got to say, I love Minxie. Like, I, I love the way she's just like this weird dreamy airhead and like everyone on the bus knows it and like when they're setting up flares yeah she's just wandering around and no one's surprised like minxie stay off the road because it's like they just all know that minxie wanders into the road sometimes (laughs) and like she barely speaks for like the first half of that movie she's just like totally zoned out like stoned and out of it i know but you're right because like she clearly has a reputation like they all know her because then later in the movies everybody trusts her yeah like 100 percent what Minxie said is the gospel truth. <laughs> right. Like the, the one guy is like, no, don't worry. We can get away. We'll get in this truck and we'll drive away. And the other guy's like, it doesn't matter. You heard what Minxie said. We're all going to die. <laughs> and I'm like, who cares what Minxie said? <laughs> like, the creature has some ability to tap into psychic powers. I mean, clearly, if you hold its hand, you can get visions. So maybe it uses yeah. psychics to freak people out like it was doing with Giselle. Like it didn't even have to talk to Minxie to get her to freak everyone out. A couple of the kids are running away from the creeper. They hotwire the pest control truck and they start driving away and the creeper is flying after them and the driver pushes the girl out because he's like, I'm going to do something crazy. Yeah, Izzy. (laughs) Dude, that pest control truck has some serious brakes because when he slams on the brakes, that truck stops dead <laughs> so hard that it flips itself over front ways. <laughs> like, well, I think that was because the creeper crashes into the back. Either way, like that truck's really stopped. <laughs> Izzy's a total badass too. Like he was just so willing to sacrifice himself to save, I think Double D is the other guy's name, Double D's life. And then he just died unceremoniously. We didn't even get to see him die. The truck just exploded for no reason. All right. So the movie ends with a crazy blacksmith farmer, demon hunter, Jack Sr. He showed up and has been attacking the creeper. The whole movie has been tracking him. He's been fighting him. I just have to say, so he installed a turret that shoots a lance with the creeper's knife on the front of the lance. This farmer uses his gun, which is made from the Post Puncher 5000, (laughs) (laughs) which is a great name for a Post Puncher. (laughs) I love it. So he uses that to shoot this at the uh, creeper. I just I kind of wonder, why did he even attach like ropes or cables to it? Jack Sr. knows the creeper is invincible, right? So it doesn't matter. You have to catch it. If his dad in 1978 had already captured the creeper, as that newspaper said, he wants to catch it again. (laughs) He wants to catch it again. Exactly. And he does. (laughs) He catches that creeper. So, yeah, he uh, he tracks it down. He shoots it again. Um, He starts stabbing it with the lance over and over until it goes dormant. And I have to wonder if its time was really up or if Jack was just such a badass that he killed it so hard that it had to go dormant, (laughs) which is what I believe. Uh, Jack Sr. takes the creeper 
nails it up in his barn. So we've established that there are other cultists in this town that worship or obey the creeper. And yet it's common knowledge that Jack's got the creeper in his barn and is just charging people five bucks to see it. But they're not going to stop him. Like, they don't care that this crazy blacksmith farmer has stolen their god and is selling <laughs> sacrilegious views of him for $5. So, I mean, I, I think that Jack's family pulls some weight in this town. I think that's what Jack's family does. They hunt the creeper. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just following the family yeah. tradition, right? And then he's sitting there with his post-puncher 5,000 ready to, you know, ready to kill that he's creeper when cool. it wakes up again. At the end, what do you make of him posing the creeper? Like, he crucifies the creeper on a cross. <laughs> yeah, because it's God. No, th that is God to him. Like I told you, he joined the cult and then hunted down his own God. He clearly did it on purpose. I don't think there's any doubt of that. <laughs> so that's, that's my whole theory. I think that that's, that's pretty much everything I had. I love the theory. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, definitely... The people of this area would know that every 23 years something's going on, right? Like there's no possible way that they wouldn't know about it. And being people who care about their safety, they would take action. And like you said, the most logical action when preparing for a natural disaster is to like protect yourself, yeah. right? And they would do that by allying with the creeper. And it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's supported by a lot of things that happen in these movies. And I think Officer Tubbs especially supports yes. this theory a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, there's no other explanation. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a good theory. I think it improves the series. I think that... The first two movies were fantastic. The third movie, less so, <laughs> but still okay. And I hope they make a fourth one. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> we'll see. Well, thanks so much for listening. Music for this episode was provided by Christine. If you want to watch the movie we just discussed, we always provide links in the episode description. And, and remember, remember, the popcorn, popcorn isn't, isn't real. real.